Welcome to the Elevate Effect podcast, where we give you the resources to take you from workloads to workflows. I'm your host, Courtney. I'm an online systems educator for coaches. Fueled by cold brew and a love for watching endless reruns of Friends, I'm here to give you the tools and the support you need to scale your business and take back charge of your life and your time. So pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and let's do the damn thing. Okay, everybody, I am so excited for today's episode because we are here with Dondria Owens, who is a certified public accountant or CPA, and we're going to be talking all about all things related to financial responsibility in your business. And I actually personally work with her. Um, I've been working, we've been working together, what now for two years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two years and just re-up for a third. So I would love for you to just kind of start out by telling everybody a little bit more about yourself, you know, who you are, how you got started a little bit about your business and before we you know, really dive into the nitty gritty today. Awesome. Well, like you said, I'm Dondria Owens. I started the creative CFO in 2017. I had a small wedding invitation business and I got to meet so many creatives while I was working as a public accountant for years. And I just really enjoyed the community. And, but what I really noticed is that people in the creative space didn't really understand finances and they didn't have accountants who understood online business either. Um, so just in having those conversations and really getting to know people and wanting to work with them, I was like, wait, I believe I'm merging <laughs> two worlds. So my public accounting background and love of creative things. And it was just like the perfect mix for me. So I started the business in 2017, working with the wedding planner. From there, I added a graphic designer to our client roster. And I just, word just spread and, you know, and we're where we are today, five years in business. Our anniversary, five-year anniversary is coming up in a couple of days. I was literally yeah. just going to say, we're getting ready to celebrate five years in December. So we started yeah. in the same year and I didn't even know that. Yep, we did. Yeah. Um, and it's been great. You know, business has changed so much for all of us. We've gone yeah. through a pandemic and, you know, now with whatever's going to happen with the economy. And I think it's just been really good for me to work with clients whose businesses I believe in and to really have an impact on, you know, what the numbers look like for them and how they're able to take care of their families and, and, you know, just live really great life. And that's what brings me joy. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that you kind of mentioned that. Cause that's what we'll dive into, you know, to today with the questions, because I know I'll probably save a little bit for this for later, but really looking at your finances from a way as it's a tool for you and your life as well. And I think that was something that I really missed for myself was how to use my finances as a tool. And that's yeah. something that you've really helped me do in my business. And, and just too, that there's more to accounting than just you know, looking at your numbers, it's using your numbers to make decisions in your business. And you've also really helped with that, um, for us as well. So I'm really excited to dive in. And I also had no idea about the wedding invitation business that I did not know that. Yeah. That's yeah. So that's, cool. that is, you know, we're going to say circa 2012, 13, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like what you just said, like everybody, 
everybody pivots and changes and evolves. Like I started out, yeah. I started out in web design because I thought that really? was, the, yeah, I thought that was the only way I could make a good income remotely. And this was like yeah. back in yeah, 2016, I think. And I was like, I hate this. I'm not creative. <laughs> like I can look at a website and like build it from there. But if somebody comes to me and says like, I want you to design it, I'm like, mm -mm, that's not my jam. Right. <laughs> I am. And so I hated it. And then I was trying to find ways to monetize like what I like doing online, which was like yeah. project management and, and things like that. And I started out as an OBM, but have evolved to where we are now. So it's just kind of interesting to hear how people actually initially got started in the space and like where they've evolved to over the years, because you really do as a biz business owner or entrepreneur, you have to pivot so much with, with the industry and with, um, you know, like you said, we've gone through a pandemic and the economy shifts and, um, also just paying attention to the things that you enjoy, because yes. that's also, you know, why we made our shift was because when I was an OBM, I really liked the very first part of when I onboarded a client, which was auditing their systems and setting those up and cleaning those up. And I was like, I really, really love this piece. And so that's how my business, you know, came from where it was today. So I always love hearing like how people got started because it's so interesting to see the evolution over the past couple of years. Okay. Well, we're going to go ahead and dive into questions because, you know, I know finance is obviously a super important, very, very important part, <laughs> yeah. probably one of the most important parts of running your business, you know, but it can also be really daunting to people who aren't financially literate or financially savvy. Um, as someone, you know, like yourself, like an accountant, you know, especially when you're first starting a business, you don't really know what to look for. And I, I even like thinking back to when I first got started, I read profit first. That's how I, I tried to get an understand or like a handle of my finances. And that's how I got started. But what are some of the first steps that you can tell business owners that they can really start tracking their finances if, in their business, if they're just kind of getting a footing and just getting started? Yeah. You know, I tell people before you even start you know, become an LLC, like you file for a business registration or those things are important. Absolutely. But a lot of times, you know, that is the paperwork piece. The first question is, do you have a business? Or do you have something to sell and can you sell it and bring in money for it? And before you go and spend a lot of money, because in some states, registrations are really expensive. In my state, not so much. It's, I think it's like 50 or a hundred bucks. But in a state where it's, you know, a, a thousand bucks, we need to know if the business is viable first. And keeping those transactions separate from your personal is the number one rule. So if you're not yet a business, I would say open a separate personal checking account. Your goal is just to keep all of the things related to your business venture separate from anything else you might have going on. Now, if you've already decided to register the business or you've done that, getting accounts for that business and keeping only business things in there. Don't swipe your Starbucks and, you know, random things here and there. Only do business transactions inside of there because that's going to be the easiest way for us to see what you have going on. If we've got to go in and dig through your personal transactions and find business stuff, it's going to take a lot longer. Um, so that's the very first thing. I'm not a fan of spreadsheet accounting, but I do recognize that when you first start, it has its place and it is helpful. And it it is surprisingly one of the places where I see business owners have the most visibility. And sometimes that visibility is too much, but I'm not mad at it. 
but I'm trying to move you into an accounting system as soon as we can. <laughs> yeah, that's what that, I'm guilty. And that was me. <laughs> that was me <laughs> when I first started. I had a spreadsheet. Um, I think I s- tried signing up for QuickBooks online, mm-hmm. but I had no idea how to use QuickBooks. My mom has used QuickBooks for so long. I can still like hear the QuickBooks sound like every right? time. <laughs> like I can still hear that in my head, like from like 10 years ago, QuickBooks. But yeah. I never, it was never something I personally you know, learn to use. And, um, I was, I definitely was, I was the person like looking transaction to transaction, like had it all in a spreadsheet. And, and that's how I submitted it to my, my CPA at the time was like, I had like each tab at the bottom was a new month and it was all my transactions. And like, these were marketing expenses and these were, you know, for software. And that was the other thing too, that actually you mentioned earlier was you saw the need for somebody that understood online business that I meant to chime in about, because that was one of the biggest reasons I had originally been in bench. And we'll talk about this here in a minute. And then I moved to you, but I had a CPA who was actually, she was just filing my taxes. She wasn't doing, you know, bookkeeping or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was even with that, that I was seeing the need to have somebody that was familiar with the remote workspace, because there were expenses and things that she wasn't as familiar with in terms of like, this is a business expense because of the nature of our business. Does that make sense? Right. Yes, absolutely. You know, we see it a lot when it's time for, let's say a brand photo shoot, there are certain expenses around that, that your traditional brick and mortar accountant doesn't know is related to marketing the business. They have no clue. I see that. I also see with like influencers, brand partnerships, things that ordinarily aren't business expenses, but they are because they are related to brand partnership deals and things needed to, you know, secure even more of those. So just that type of awareness, I think was, was needed in our space. And now obviously there's so much, you know, so many to choose from. And now I I'm almost at the point where I'm like, I think now we need to like, have a bit of clarity for people to really understand who they need and when. Um, And so that's, that's what I've been creating a lot of content around. It's just, you know, who are all of your financial professionals? What do they do? And when do you need them? Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's a super good, I think resource, if, if, or if you're integrating into your content or creating a resource, I think that's super important and something that I, and I can skip to that question actually. But like I mentioned before, you know, when I was first starting my business, I know, like you said, a lot of people start tracking their finances themselves or using spreadsheets. I was doing all that. I was doing profit first. I was, I think allocating like 50% of my, or I was paying myself 50%, 30% back to my business. And I put 20% in aside for savings for taxes. And, um, then I started using bench to have a little bit, like I could kind of remove myself from that manual spreadsheet. And I was with them for a little bit, but then I, uh, I reached a point in my business where I'm like, okay, I need something a little bit more. And that's when, you know, I reached out for you, uh, or to work with you. And, you know, what are some ways, if you want to elaborate on that a little bit, that entrepreneurs can really evaluate when it's time to invest in an accountant and how they can figure out who should be responsible for what in regards to their business finances. Because like, I know with with you, I, you guys do our bookkeeping and, you know, everything. And then we work with you guys, um, for tax season that you guys w- work with someone. And so we, that's been really great. Cause it's kind of been like an all in one option for us to just with somebody that's familiar with the bookkeeping and what's going on in our business to 
be able to probably communicate better when it comes to tax season, what's going on than I would have been able to. So yeah. if you kind of want to chat yes. about that a little bit, actually, that's a really good point that I, you know, I wanted to bring up anyways. Yeah. It all comes down to relationships. And as soon as you see that your business is profitable, I think that's the time where you want to connect with an accountant and you want to connect with an attorney as well. Those are two people that you always want to have in your back pocket, whether you need them on retainer right now or sometime in the future, you at least need to know who those people will be for you. When it comes to the accounting, you've got the bookkeeper. They're doing like the day-to-day transactions, categorizing things, cleaning up the books, doing reconciliations. The accountant comes through to then look at the report to see, does it all make sense? Because you want a report that is detailed enough that you can make decisions from it, but not so detailed that you might as well have been looking at that Excel spreadsheet with line line by line, right? So you want that. And then your CFO is very top level and comes through with overall strategy. So that is the liaison between the accounting department and the CEO. It's taking the CEO's vision and saying, here's how we make the numbers match that. And if they're not, let's talk about what needs to happen um, to make that happen. Um, So those are the three people. CPA is more of a professional designation for us. You know, that's the person who can represent you if the IRS decides to audit you. Same thing with an enrolled agent. That person has a certificate from, or a designation, I should say, from the IRS that hey, they can stand and represent you in front of us if we audit you. Nobody else has that designation, not your bookkeeper, accountant, your uncle's cousin, whoever. Um, They don't have that. So those are the things that I say, like if someone's going to do your taxes, make sure they're a CPA or an EA, especially for entrepreneurs, because they are more likely to be audited than just your average person. Yeah. And especially if you have made a decision to be taxed as an S corporation. Those are even higher on the list. Great. And <laughs> know yeah, <that. laughs> you know, um, and at the end of the day, you want someone who has to uphold a set of professional ethics. That's what I always say. Um, if there's, there's anyone who's accountable, you know, I work very hard for my CPA license. That testing is rigorous. The experience is I'm not going to risk that doing something unethical. But if I've got no skin in the game, I just popped up and I now I do bookkeeping. You should question that. And that's just, that's not to knock a bookkeeper. We have bookkeepers on our staff. We have accountants on our staff. And of course, I'm a CFO and a CPA. But the thing is, there's oversight. And that is one of the benefits of working with a firm like the Creative CFO is that there is oversight. You have, there's a place for all of those people. And we all work together to get you yeah. what you need. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, even in the instance, it was, man, I guess it was probably over the summer when you even caught something with my LLC being registered at an old, my my old location. And I had no idea. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, I would have never known or even known where to look for something like that. And so that's also just like speaks to the value of having somebody like that in your corner, because I'm, you know, as entrepreneurs, nine times out of 10, we're winging it, right? Like we had no idea, like anything about running a business before we started one. And we've just been taking it a day at a time and figuring it out as we go. And same thing goes for like my finances. Like it has been a learning process or like how to set up a business. Or when I first, I mean, I did, I did file for an LLC. did know to do that, like from the get-go. And I did know to keep my personal and my business expenses separate. So I felt like I was did pretty good there, but 
other than that, like, especially when it comes to taxes, like over my head, yeah. to be completely honest, like, I mean, I know the basics, but as a business owner, like you said, there's so many different ins and outs of like what we're spending our money on in the business and especially being in the remote space and all just gets kind of messy. And I, you know, the, it just, it's so important to have somebody that knows how to extract from that mess and really evaluate like what we need to be focusing on. And I know, I feel like a part of the reason that finances can be so daunting to business owners is because there's so many resources, so yeah. much information out there. And the whole thing that I talked about previously about financial literacy, like even some of the terminology for people is not something they're used to or familiar with. Right. And there's a lot of different opinions about what to do with your money and how to be financially responsible in business. And it can be difficult to feel confident in your finances with so much conflicting information. Um, so what does being financially responsible look like for you and your clients? Like, do you have kind of like a roundabout way to answer? that? Yeah. Um, so what we say is first clarity. Do you know what your numbers are? For most people, you know, when they first come to us, they have some idea, but we just want to make sure you're not relying on the number that you see in the bank account whenever you go into there, that you're really conscious of what happens before you're left with that lingering balance, you know, what happens before then. So just knowing what your cash inflows look like, what uh, cash outflows look like, and what's really necessary. So we start from, you know, top to bottom. We're looking at revenue. Are you maximizing that? Meaning we're looking at your time, your team members' time, your pricing, because all of that factors into just the gross pool of money that comes in. And then from there, we're looking at expenses. What are you paying contractors, you know, your team? What are you spending on advertising and marketing? Are you being efficient in your spending? Are there areas that could be streamlined? Because we know once we get those to a point where we can produce the maximum amount of revenue, then that is maximum profitability that you can reach with what you've got going on today. And then we get to determine like what growth looks like and how do we make that happen? But you've got to first set a baseline. And that's what we like to do, you know, just from the start. So I'm all about clarity when it comes to your numbers. Yeah. And I think a lot of that too, is what I was missing for myself. Like when I said I was doing my bookkeeping or even when I had bench doing it, like bench does a great job. Like they're great with, I mean, it's yeah. super easy to work with, but it was the strategy. I think that was missing from that piece that I needed, like how to look at my numbers and make decisions with those numbers or how to price my offers or how to pay a bonus to my team if I wanted to, or like what percentage of my revenue should I be allocating towards a client gift or yeah. how much should my affiliate commission be for my, my partners or my referral program that I build like things like that, that there is a strategy to developing that. And I had no clue about that when I got, you know, when I first got started. Yeah. Um, and so that's been really helpful for me too, is the learning piece that comes with working somebody like yourself is I'm able to learn through that too. So then like whenever we have to make a quick price change or something like that on our end, or if we're adjusting, like what our client onboarding gift is like, Oh, I know she said that it has to stay under, you know, 10% or like whatever that looks like. So I can make better decisions for my business using data and the numbers you've given me based on what our, you know, our reports look like every single month. Yeah. And that's being proactive about it. Yeah. It's, you know, going into it, knowing, like you said, you know exactly what you are able to spend and still be profitable. And there's no doubt in your mind. So that sort of confidence just, you know, allows you to make decisions in other areas too, rather than waiting until the end of the month and then being surprised at the result. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what we want. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I think like I, when I first got started, even I had a very good pulse on my numbers every month when I did like go through and review my finances, but I can like vividly remember sometimes when I would open my banking mobile app on my phone, I would kind of like cover the screen and like slowly (laughs) reveal it for me because I was so nervous to look like, okay, what's it looking like this month? You know, when you're just getting started, it's so like, everything is scary. Everything is new. Like you're, you're really, you're hustling for leads and clients. And you know, the finance part is, I mean, that was one of the scariest things for me for leaving my nine to five was financial stability, but there, and I, what I found was there are ways to build that in because I am very type a, and I want to know how much I'm making every single month and what my business is going to be bringing in and what are our projections looking like. And I didn't even get to the projections part until I started working with you. Yeah. Like, I had no idea to do that. You know, <laughs> I only knew like, okay, I have this many clients and they've signed on for this long. I know how I have this much money coming in for this amount of time, but, and I know like we talked a lot, just even just now a lot about, about data and using data to make decisions and helping it that helps you to be proactive versus reactive inside of your business. And we even talk about data a lot with, you know, systems, because when you're making decisions, decisions in your business, you have to be able to remove the emotion from decision-making. And I feel like having data helps you do that. Like, like I said, I'm very type A. So if I'm just looking at data and I'm reviewing something, I'm like, okay, this is what it says. This is our decision. So it removes the emotional piece. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that like, obviously we're business owners, we're entrepreneurs. We need to take some of that into account when we're building what our business looks like, because we want it to be aligned to us as humans. But you also have to be able to logically look at what your business business is doing and use that to make decisions. And what are some ways that business owners can measure their finances and evaluate to help them make decisions in their business? And what are some ways that you would give entrepreneurs to be able to to look, what does growth look like? What are we looking at when we look at that data? Hey there, quick interruption here. As an online business owner, email marketing is really a hot topic that can cause a whole lot of stress, but building an email list has been such a vital part of my business. And I've been able to keep it stress-free with active campaign. Active campaign is an email marketing platform with a whole lot of capabilities for all stages of your business. I personally use active campaign for email marketing because it's simple, but efficient. I use it to send out monthly newsletters, automatically send subscribers or freebies and more. They also have incredible automation capabilities that allow me to have a worry-free email marketing system. Do yourself a favor, check out active campaign by going to the link below in the show notes to get started today. Now back to the show. Yeah. Oh, I love this question Um, because growth isn't always financial. And I I try to stress that too. It depends on what your objective is. Now, obviously, if you're, you know, wanting to grow past six figures, we hear that all the time. We've got to look at what that looks like in terms of your time and capacity. What does it look like in terms of the volume of clients that you'll be managing? And I work mainly with service providers. So you'll hear me say clients mostly, but what's the volume of products that you need to sell and ship out in, in a timely manner? Do you have the systems and process to be able to do that? Yeah. And for some people, they do not. And it means increased expenses. Well, if revenue goes up and expenses go up, then that means our profit's not going up at the same rate as the revenue. So that's what we've got to account for. Um, And then also accounting for like other hiccups that arise as you add more people on your client roster or, you know, in your current workflow, all of those things matter. You know, I've, I've done calls before one in particular, I recall 
where someone said, I want to hit the half a million dollar mark this year. And when we really mapped out what that looked like on a monthly basis, and then we put number of clients to that, it was a, oh no, never mind. I think I can support maybe eight clients. <laughs> and that's just being really honest with yourself. It sounds good. But if you know from like a time and space capacity, it's not going to work. Is it really worth it? And so just having those types of honest conversations, I think is is super helpful. Yeah. And I think you touched on a lot of like what we've experienced to the past year. I had my first child, my yeah. availability massively scaled back, but our business was also growing at the same time. And so that for me was like something that I had to find a balance because I knew I was going to have to have more team support with that. And what was that going to look like? And then I knew I was like, okay, well, if we're growing at this rate and we're going to need to be able to hire additional team members. Members, how can I hire new team members if I haven't already onboarded the new clients? Right. You know, does that make sense? And so yes. I was really trying to find a way to be able to maneuver what that was going to look like in my business. And you guys helped so much with that because I would have had no idea like, okay, when can we financially afford to, cause we have to train people before they mm -hmm. can work with our clients. So they're a cost There's at, lag you know, time. initially. Yeah. yeah. And, and so we had to really evaluate that. And then the other thing too, that you touched on is when you said that growth doesn't always look like it's may not always be a financial, you know, growth trajectory. And I think one thing a lot of us as a service-based businesses experience is we have ups and downs when it comes to our, our, our revenue every month, you know? And so one month we may have a really great profit margin. And then the other month it dips down and maybe you, it's not as good, or maybe you didn't turn a profit. And I think that comes with like seasons of business. So like, as an example for us right now, we have more expenses because we're getting ready to rebrand and launch new services at the beginning of the year. And that's felt really scary for me because I like being in a good place with really good profit margins and a lot of cash flow. Yeah. And when it dips below what I feel comfortable with, I go into almost like a tailspin panic mode of like, oh my gosh, my business is going <laughs> to crash and, and I'm, I'm not going to have a business next month and all these things. And so you really have to look at, you know, growth from more of a bird's eye view, even with your finances, yes. because if I'm looking at it every month, if I get my report and I'm like, okay, my profit or my profit this month was only this much percent. I mean, it was double that last month. It like makes me sick to my stomach and I'm like, okay, yeah. Courtney, take a step back. It's okay. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you really have to do like really pause and, and look at the bigger picture, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, that revenue trend that we have on the, the financial snapshot, it shows you like, you know, it charts the revenue yes. month by month. Yeah. I always like to say, if this is all you're looking at, you might as well view it as a roller coaster because yeah. that's what you're going to ride. Whatever it's doing is what you're going to be doing emotions wise every single month. Yeah. And, and it's, it's so true. not worth it. Yeah. But that's why we put it there is so that you can start to see your own trends in your business. Because what we know about agencies with which your business is, like if we're looking at those, there's going to be high months or a high month of collections. And then you guys are busy working. Yes. And so it changes for the following month and then it spikes up again. And if we know that that is just the natural flow of things for you, then we can deal with that. But without that knowledge, every month is you're going to, you know, hit 
hit a high and then you're going to hit an extreme low. And who has time for that? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I personally don't, but some, somehow I still end up experiencing that like emotional <laughs> roller coaster. Like I knew last month, our numbers weren't going to be as good because my expenses are more right now, but I know my expenses are more right now because we're, we're working on cranking out a bunch of stuff and yeah. then it's going to go back up. And I, for me, that was kind of like what we're talking about removing the emotion from some things and kind of looking at things more logically and realistically. And I think that was even the emotion piece. And this is kind of a side tangent was one thing that I was nervous about with working with a, with a CPA or like an agency, because I was so used to working with bench and they had no, like, like you had said, not really skin in the game, but they didn't really care like how my business was doing. They were just doing my bookkeeping and that was it. And they weren't looking at the performance or like how things were going. And I, so I think for me, there was like a level of intimacy with my business finances that was uncomfortable for me to relinquish to somebody because I felt like kind of like when you get in trouble when you're a little kid, you know, yeah. like, oh, ha, 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 I saw you spent this much on this this month and I was going to get in trouble. But that was like, or like when I had a low month, you know, was it going to be like a shaming session? Like, was I going to get in trouble? Never. And it's obviously so far from that. It's just something <laughs> that like a narrative I'd built in my head and was worried about. And I think that's also too what I love is like, I know that, you know, you guys know what the industry is like, you know, like the ups and downs. And you also, instead of approaching a situation where maybe we did have a low month, it's coming to the meeting with solutions on how we can pivot instead of like, okay, this is what it was. Like, there's no point in like, you know, getting too deep in the mess. Like, how do we get out of it? And here's the solution. This is not a big deal. We can move forward. And that was so like such a weight off of my shoulders because that was obviously just like my own issue and yeah. something, but I'm sure other people absolutely experience that because, you know, finance is personal and it is a little more, you know, it's not something you exactly like draw the curtain back for people to view. And so that, you know, for me was another piece of that emotional decision-making when it comes to even working with somebody on, you know, from a finance perspective. Yeah. Listen, even I still have emotions around finances. Yeah. Like, let's not fool anybody. I still have emotions about it from business to personal. We, we have what I like to call money traumas that we have brought with us even from childhood. And, you know, if you're not careful, they will present themselves. Or maybe it's a good thing that they do present themselves because it gives you an opportunity to work through them. Um, I used to think making money was supposed to be like hard and it showed. And yeah. <laughs> all the things, um, but slowly coming out of that mindset, like it does not have to be hard. Like if there's an automation, if there's a zap even mm -hmm. that does it for me and I don't have to do it, it saves me money and I make more. It's not that hard. Right. Um, so it's just like finding those instances where, you know, you can confront your money issues and move past them. But yeah, if I have a low revenue month, I'm consulting the board. I'm like, what's going on? But chances are, I'm not surprised because again, you know, I, I know what's coming down the pipeline. And if I know it's coming and what I know is coming is what actually happens, I'm prepared. It's like being proactive, you know, that proactive part. Um, the other thing that, you know, we do a lot of is just really preparing you. We're always looking at cash, right? So, you know, we know what your threshold for cash is, like where you start to panic, 
We also know what it takes to cover a month of your expenses or three months. And we try and let you know how prepared you are for those things. Just because we know those things add a level of like confidence and comfort to you in just running the business. Because we can't have the CEO down in the dump because the business <laughs> is not going to survive yeah, that. No. Um, so we try and give you all the tools you need so that you can confidently run things. And then, like you said, when something happens, we're coming with some solutions, some potential solutions, and then you ultimately decide which way you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and you, you brought up, which kind of like leads me into my next question with, which kind of takes us down a little bit of a different path, but you brought up automations and Zapier, which obviously like we're big systems people, obviously. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and so we, obviously when we, we love chatting about tech stacks and business platforms and, you know, as you know, our team is ClickUp fanatics. It's our favorite yeah. tool. We love ClickUp. We couldn't run the business without it, but I I'm curious to know, you know, what are some of your top platform recommendations that you see work really well for your clients or that you guys personally use. Um, I know, you know, you guys are obviously in Lysio now and that's your client facing platform, which we, I personally love, you know, because everything's in one spot, which is great because for us, we always come into our clients lean systems as much as possible. The less platforms and less digging around you have to do the better. So what are some of your favorite platforms and systems that you guys either use or recommend to your clients? Yeah, we use Lysio, of course. We use Notion for all of our, it's like our company intranet. Everything we do as a firm is there. We try and stay out of email as much as possible. Same, QuickBooks, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I cannot forget QuickBooks. Yeah. <laughs> um, use them. And that's really it. We try and keep it simple. We are out of everything else because there's that, that the cost of time and we're trying to be as efficient as possible. So sticking with those platforms has really helped us. Of course, we have Google Workspace, I think is what it's called now, and Squarespace for websites, you know, so it's those sorts of things, but we try and stay pretty lean as well. Yeah. 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 We, we even, I mean, we'll have, cause we used to let, for example, like Airtable, which is great, yeah. but then ClickUp released a feature that basically did the same thing as Airtable. And as much as we still liked Airtable, like, eh, it doesn't really make sense for us to stay in here. And so it's, and I think that's a good, just kind of a point to make is constantly, just like you evaluate your finance, you evaluate your systems and evaluate the tools that you're using in your business, not just from the perspective of you know, keeping things lean and efficient, but even a cost perspective, that's one thing that we actually even have as like a recurring task in our business is to evaluate what softwares we're paying for, because there may come a time when we're not using one as much, or like in the ClickUp Airtable instance, one may release a feature that replaces the other. And do we need to be paying for this anymore? And making sure that we're almost systemizing, reviewing decision-making for our finances and the back end to make sure that we're keeping things lean, keeping things cost-effective and making sure that it's reviewed on a consistent basis because things do change so quickly. Absolutely. And we like to do it annually, but you know, as we're moving through the year, of course, you know, I see things all the time. I love a good tech tool, yeah. just like anybody else. Um, so I might evaluate things, but they don't always come into play, you know, but I keep my eyes open. Yeah. But and it's just same thing, like with yeah. like new tools being released, that's a lot of the time what we'll have clients come to us because they'll get shiny object syndrome, you know, oh, yeah. and like they're <laughs> like in click up and then, oh, well, new this new platform release and I want to move to this one, but it's also, cause I think we'll see like a lot of people utilizing a tool and think that we need to switch to it, but yeah. it's also just like with finance evaluating, is this the best decision for my business? And am I just making this decision because I'm seeing other people do it? Or am I making the best decision for us? Because I think 
we're in such a space of connectedness all the time, especially with social media. We see, oh, this person's doing a podcast or this person has a new course and, oh, I need to do that. But how is that coming back to serve you? And that's why we always talk about data because we evaluate like our offers or we'll evaluate how we are spending like our ROI on our tasks and our business and, and things like that. And same thing with like using data to make decisions when it comes to finances and projections and hiring for team and pr pricing our offers. Same thing for like systemizing the back end of your business. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Same thing here, you know, and then even when we're trying out software, this is an old trick, you know, put it on your calendar for when you're going to unsubscribe from it. Yep. You know, so that you don't forget. Yep. Yeah, I do that with out, like apps it. on my yep. phone. Like if I have a purchase an app, but do like the seven day free trials, mm -hmm. like try it. I always put a reminder, like cancel the subscription. So I don't actually get charged for it. Exactly. <laughs> if I'm like, not going to use it, I do not want to be charged for it. No. Yeah. Well, it was so awesome chatting with you today. I, you know, as always love the conversation, but if people are interested in working with you or they have questions or maybe they're interested in learning more, how do they get in touch with you? What are their options for working with you? What's kind of the 411 on that? Yeah. So of course I'm on Instagram. It's the creative CFO. And then you can also go to our website. It's the creative CFO.com. Uh, the easiest way to work with us is on retainer. We love partnerships with clients. So we don't just want to come in, do a little quick round of bookkeeping and send you on your way. We want to be support for you as you grow your business. So we've got four packages that allow us to work with you in a multitude of ways. Um, but getting on our wait list is the easiest way to get in the door with us. Okay. Awesome. Well, and for anybody listening, we'll make sure to link everything in the show notes. So you guys have easy access to that, but definitely, you know, for myself, when I was hiring in my business, I think even before I hired a VA bookkeeping, when I, when I hired bench was the first thing that I had invested in, because I knew that that was something I was going to have to do. So, um, super, super important in your business and, um, having that person in your corner is it's, it's invaluable when you're, you know, a business owner. So, but like always with every podcast episode, we like to wrap up with some fun rapid fire questions. I'm ready. <laughs> so are you ready for your questions? I'm ready. <laughs> okay. So the first one is what is your favorite TV show? Oh, favorite like, TV show. Top three, if you can't name it. Okay. Yeah. Top so three. favorite show of all time is girlfriends. Okay. Hands down favorite one right now. I'm watching cherish the day and okay. I'm really, it's in season two. I'm really, really enjoying that one. Okay. Where is that one at? I've not heard of that one. It's on Oprah Winfrey network. Okay. Got yep. it. I'll have to check it out. We're, uh, we just, we're, we we're big game of Thrones people. Okay. And so we just watched house of dragons. They just had their, it's like the prequel to game of Thrones. Okay. And so we just watched that they had their season finale last weekend. And I'm like super depressed right now because <laughs> I didn't know that season two hadn't even started like filming yet. So I have at yeah. least two years and I was sitting on the couch with my husband. I was oh. like, I'm going to be 32 before I ever see season <laughs> two of game of or the house of dragons. again. Oh my gosh. But that's what, that's what we're binging right now. Okay. Um, okay. What is your favorite meal? Oh, it could be oh. like a combination of things that you love. Like if somebody asked me my favorite meal, be like, okay, we'll start out with crab rangoon and then we'll move over into like a side of sushi. <laughs> Girl, I'm going to make this really easy. You know, I love to visit Destin and you yes. know, I love seafood. Okay. I know where you're going with So this. fried seafood, fried fish, mm -hmm. 
I mean, it's the one request that I have. Oh, this is funny. It's the one request that I have for my birthday. I'm uh-huh. like, can I just have a fish fry? And yeah. everybody knows, like, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the easy. easiest way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Fish fry. We did that growing up all the time, had fish fry. Yeah. But I'm from Missouri, so it was always, like, catfish that we did, like, fish mm-hmm. fry catfish. Um, But, yeah, it, we have really good seafood down here. So, yeah. Yeah. as you know. You know, I'm always there. Yep. <laughs> Okay, what is your favorite place you've ever traveled to? Oh, favorite place? Hmm. I always love the beach. Yeah. But there is something about being in the woods, like in yep. the mountains, mm-hmm. the quiet, the peacefulness. So I'm going to say North Georgia. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We're, I'm in the same boat because we live at the beach, obviously, but we're yeah. both my husband and I, like we love the mountains. That's so why we went to Colorado for Luca's birthday. And yeah. we just, there is something that's like, feels wholesome about being in like kind of at peace, I guess, if that makes yes. sense. Like just the quiet. I mean, the beach is great. Don't get me wrong, but right. it's, it's different. They're different. If you're looking for like, okay, I need to really you know, I want to relax on the beach type of situation. I get it. But if you're needing to like disconnect, like go to the woods, go to the That's mountains, it. like go be yeah. in a cabin. Yeah. I love the it. Do you have like a dream destination that you haven't been to yet? Yes. Where? I really want to go to Turks. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I do. It's like, you know, and that's a beach, beachy environment, yeah. tropical, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I just really want to go. Like yeah. we're going to Barbados soon. So okay, I'll have a little, fun. little bit of island life, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah. Well, that'll be fun. You'll list. have to put it on like your 2023 20, or 24 bucket list. Yeah. That yeah. in Africa, Africa. I think that would be amazing. I've always wanted to go on like a safari somewhere. I think it'd be so <laughs> cool. And I feel yep. like it's underrated. You don't see as many people going to go do that all the time. Yeah. Um, but I think that would be really, really cool. Yeah. That one I do with the family. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I can't. If, if Luca saw an elephant in real life, how many times a day I make an elephant noise for that child. And if he actually <laughs> saw one in real life, I mean, we can go to the zoo obviously, but you know, it's not the same. Not the same. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, okay. And then the last question is when you were little, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, funny enough. I wanted to be a forensic scientist. Okay. I actually like that answer because I wanted to be Indiana Jones, which was more (laughs) like he was an anthropologist, like archaeologist, anthropologist. And I, so, okay, I can, I can see that. And I can understand that. So this is when like before crime documentaries became as popular as they are now, (laughs) like we were, we just had HBO and you know, those shows. And Mm -hmm. I was like really into them. And my (laughs) husband calls me like a super sleuth okay so, well yeah it just kind of ties all into that yeah that's okay. what I wanted to do for a very long time actually through my junior year of college wow accounting oh that's a whole story honey interesting yeah. <laughs> so that was like a long time that you wanted to do that that was not mm-hmm. just as a child okay mm-hmm. long time well that'll be that's another podcast episode yeah <laughs> Well, it was so good chatting with you today. And um, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to you know, chat with us and chat with everybody. And um, like I said, guys, if you have questions for her, if you want to go um, check out everything, we've got everything linked in the show notes. Really, really, honestly, one of the best you know decisions I've made in my business is to outsource this. And so I really definitely recommend it. And if you guys have questions, I'm obviously an open book as well. So feel free to shoot me a, a DM on Instagram if you need to. But otherwise, we will see you guys all on next week's episode. And thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. 
Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Elevate Effect podcast. If you liked what you heard, share the episode with your best friend, team member, or even your dog. If you have a minute, leave a review below or DM me on Instagram to let me know what you want to hear on the podcast next. Thanks again, and I can't wait to see you next week.